raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Back with you at cruising on a Friday morning here on Sports Radio FNZ. Kyle Bailey with you, Evan Smoke, Ludwig over there in the cockpit. We got a bunch to get to. Don't forget, coming up in about 40 minutes, we will chat with Hornets head coach James Borrego. Uh, we'll talk about what happened last night. The Hornets, despite the odds, picking third overall in this year's NBA draft. What will they do with it? I can only presume that uh, James Borrego will spill the beans and tell me all about his plans. Maybe. But either way, we'll talk about the draft, what they're looking for, the kind of player they think might fit this organization, a top three pick after, I think, exceeding expectations this past season and giving some people real reason for optimism in the wake of uh, Kimball Walker's departure and what felt like uh, just an abyss of, of basketball. This organization felt like it was going in any direction but the right one. But now it feels like there's some direction. So we'll talk to James Borrego about all of that coming up in about 40 minutes. But right now this weekend, once again, all three NASCAR top divisions in action at Dover International Speedway. The Monster Mile uh, starts today, but Sunday, of course, the big one. And we talk about that with our buddy Doug Rice, president, anchor, Performance Racing Network. He is back with us on the Technicom Hotline. Doug Rice, how are you, buddy? Kyle, I'm doing great. Now, just for the record, I'm talking to a fully bearded Kyle Bailey. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. I, D- Doug, you should have seen the look on my wife's face when I got home yesterday. And I said, uh, hey, babe, by the way, and, and mind you, I'm talking to a pregnant lady. I said, uh, I, I may or may not have made a bet on the air today, a sacrifice to the basketball gods for the number one overall pick. And when I told her I offered up my beard, she looked at me and she said, you don't get to make those kind of decisions without talking to me first. So I learned a very tough lesson. Curveballs to pregnant women are not good, Kyle. Lesson learned. <laughs> yes, yes, lesson very much learned. All right, so you're going. We're going to the Monster Mile this weekend, Doug. What are we looking for? Well, it's a it's a double double weekend. We've got two Xfinity races and two Cup races at Dover, and I really honestly think right now we're in a situation where we've only got a couple of people in play for that final spot unless we have an upset winner. Uh, you've got William Byron sitting there at 16th in playoff points, and that's really all that counts. Don't pay attention to the point regular point standings. He's 16th in playoff. He's 25 ahead of Jimmy Johnson. He's 35 up on Eric Jones. So if you're, if you're watching to see who's fighting their way into the playoffs, those are the three drivers to keep your, your eye on. Of course, you've got – 
Kevin Harvick sitting there with his gaudy six wins and Denny Hamill with five and Keselowski with three. So those guys are just trying to find more playoff points. But to get into the playoffs, I think you're looking at William Byron. Does he fall? Can Jimmy Johnson jump up? Can Eric Jones make a jump to get in the show? Talk to me quickly about the rules package. Now, for guys like me, it might be, you know, getting a little bit down in the weeds here, but uh, the rules package this weekend, uh, I'm I'm told the same one that was at the four races held so far this season at at tracks measuring basically a mile or less. Good thing, bad thing, how does that impact the racing this weekend? I think it it helps the the shorter tracks if you can consider a mile or less. I know I did the race at New Hampshire, and that's – uh, the magic mile, and I I thought it looked really competitive there. So I think from a competition side, and like you said, yeah, that's getting into the minutia of the sport a little bit, but I, I think that's going to be, I think it'll uh, give us two good days of pretty good racing. And I love these doubleheader weekends with the shorter races and a, a little bit more compact schedule. We're going to have eight, we're going to have three races in eight days, two in Dover, and then next Saturday night down in Daytona. Doug Rice, President, Anchor, Performance Racing Network. He's with us on the Technicom Hotline. They're racing at Dover this weekend. And uh, it, it looks as if, or well, it doesn't look as if, our buddy uh, Chase Elliott's sitting on the pole this weekend. What are we expecting from Chase? I, you know what? I feel better about him the way that he ran down at the Daytona Road Course. He was in position to win that race by about 15 seconds if they don't have a late caution for Kyle Busch spinning out. So, uh Let's see if he can carry a little bit of that energy from the Daytona road course over. Tell you what, the guy's proven he's the best road racer in NASCAR, and I don't know that I would have ever said that. He's won the last three road courses. Uh, a lot of people looking at Jimmy Johnson this weekend. I mean, we all know Jimmy's riding a three-year-plus winless streak, but this is a track where he's won 11 times. If Jimmy's going to get a win in his, his last season, uh, this could also be a good weekend for him. I'm glad you said that because it, it, it actually, Jimmy got me thinking about Tiger Woods, and I brought this up a couple of times on the show in the last week or two because I've had a couple of listeners, one in particular, say, listen, KB, uh, you know, we all love Tiger Woods, but he's more of a, a media creation or a media-created threat than anything else at this point. He's not a real threat when he plays in these major tournaments in the way that you know we're, we're accustomed to him actually being. Um, I, it, what about Jimmy Johnson? I, I've heard some people kind of mutter the same things about Jimmy that, you know, maybe they're more scared of him out there than, or they're not as scared of him out there as the media would like to have you believe. What do you think about that? No, there was, there was a time six years ago that you went to the racetrack and when we were practicing and everything, you measured yourself against the times that Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals were putting up to practice. Uh, I have not heard anybody, of course, this year, is kind of throwaway because we're not having practice. They're not measuring themselves against Jimmy Johnson anymore. They're measuring themselves against Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski. And when you've gone three years plus without a W, um, there, there's a time that that becomes a trend and it's not coincidence. And I think we're at that stage in Jimmy Johnson's career. Uh, the people in the NASCAR world would love to see him go out with a W in his final season. Jeff Gordon did, Tony Stewart, Matt Kenseth. All those guys finished up with that uh, one shining moment, and people want that for Jimmy Johnson, although I'm going to be honest, I don't know that that's a realistic want at this point when you're looking at three years without going to victory lane. Doug Rice, president, anchor, Performance Racing Network. Doug, you you mentioned uh, Chase and the road courses, but specifically uh, Daytona International Road Course last week, and I wanted to come back to that because 
it seemed like everybody had a good time, and it seemed like it went really well. Do, do we expect uh, this this series to go back to that track in the future? Uh, I have not heard that, but I would not be shocked if that was the case. Well, we know that they're going to go back to the road course next year for the, the Bush Clash race, the race of all the pole winners. They'd already announced that pre-COVID that they were going to do that. Uh, it's funny what you find out you can do when you have to do. NASCAR had never been real big on trying these enclosed road courses. Well, now they ran the Roval twice, and I think that sort of let them know, okay, we can do the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Maybe we can do this road course at Daytona. And the drivers loved it. Uh, was it the best race ever? No, but we proved that stock cars could race there and put on a halfway decent show. Doug, you, you mentioned the doubleheaders. We've got the ARCA Series, the Truck Series today, Xfinity Series, NASCAR Series over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. How much of this scheduling can NASCAR then, to, to that point a moment ago, take into the future? What are, they, what are they finding that works on this front? I think they have found that the one-day show works. I know the track operators are not crazy about that because you want a big piece of real estate. You want it in action more than one or two days a year. The team's love that because they save a boatload of money if they go to a racetrack and they race on Sunday only. They fly in on Sunday, they unload. Next year, presumably, they would practice and or qualify, race, and go home. No hotel rooms, not all of that expense that goes with someplace qualifying on Friday, practice on Saturday, and race on Sunday. So the teams have already told NASCAR, we would love to continue this one-day trend into 2021 and 22 because it saves us a lot of money now they have got to get buy-in from the tracks and the radio i mean uh, the television networks the radio networks and uh the sanctioning body but i think they've got a very convincing argument to to try to save them money going forward i think the doubleheaders are going to become a thing that we'll see every year i would not be surprised if we didn't see three maybe four doubleheaders next year because it sure lets you uh, save a lot of money, and also uh, give you a, a weekend full of, uh, of NASCAR action. So I think that's going to stick. Doug, two things, I'll let you go. i, I got to ask you about this. Tony Stewart, uh, with, with some interesting comments uh, from just about a day or two ago on a podcast saying that NASCAR needs to, quote, do the right thing, end quote, and let Kyle Larson return to the track. Kyle Larson, of course, was overheard on an, an iRacing event uh, months ago, using a racial slur, he, he lost his ride at Chip Ganassi Racing. I, is it time for Kyle Larson to come back to the track? What do you think about those comments? You know, I think that's up to Kyle Larson. Has he really realized the gravity of what he said? And, and has he uh, been, had, has he performed his act of contrition? I don't believe there's an unpardonable sin in the world. Uh, but he has to be honest about this. If Kyle is just mimicking back what some coach has told him, uh, I'm not in favor of it as much. But, you know, in, in the big picture of the world, I'd like to see Kyle get a chance. But uh, it's got to be it's got to be honest. It's got to be earned. All right, Doug. And, and then again, last thing here. You mentioned Austin Dillon, who I think is a fascinating young man. Cleared to race this weekend. I'm curious what you think his trajectory looks like. Well, he's helped himself this year. I think he's improved his uh, finishing position by several positions on the track this year. He did get a win, uh, you know, and, and let's be honest, the knock on Austin Dillon, and he talked about this after he won the race at Texas, was, hey, I'm the kid with the with the silver spoon because I'm Richard Childress's grandson, so I'm always going to have a ride. Uh, 
he's a smart enough young man to know that that doesn't play forever, that things have to show up on the racetrack. Where I think Austin's got a chance to show the world, hey, I'm, I'm a player. He's in the playoffs already because he won a race at Texas Motor Speedway, and that's fantastic. Don't be one of the first three or four people to exit the playoffs. Make, make a sustained run. Get in there and make some noise and get to the round of eight. It showed that you belong as an elite driver in this sport. And then, then you show me that your trajectory is in the right area. Doug Rice, president, anchor, PRN. He's with us each and every Friday going into the weekend, previewing all the NASCAR action. Doug, we appreciate you, brother. Have a great weekend. Kyle, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot.